to draft day and welcome to talking giants baby it feels like war day we had to bring out the song for it it's draft day and this is talking giants presented by john boy media and my name is bobby skinner and i'll be hosting you for the next 45 to 50 minutes we're here with my co-host justin panic it's draft day we're gonna go through our mock drafts later but justin it's draft day i've said that nine times already but it feels so good to say <laughs> it could you only get to say it once a year, it's draft day. How are you feeling on draft day, Justin? Hi, everyone. If you're a, a first-time listener, my name is Justin Panic, And yes, Bobby Skinner, after this weekend, or no, not even after this weekend, this, this episode is being released on Thursday. It is draft day. The New York football giants are going to be a better football team by the end of today than they were yesterday. And... I've had that take on Twitter before because that's not a hot take, right? But you wouldn't believe sometimes the backlash that has that that take has gotten. Well, it's all relative to uh, other teams, and it's all relative to what other teams are doing. Blah 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 blah. Now, shut it. The New York Football Giants are going to take a hopefully, God willing, a very good football player that they need very very badly tonight and today, and that is going to vastly improve their football team. So you want to know what? Good day, Bobby Skinner. It's a good day. Justin, I don't know how GMs, and specifically Dave Gelman, because this is a Giants podcast, deal with these like 48 hours. I am stressing on who, if we should go Andrew Thomas or Isaiah Simmons. Now, I'll give you guys a spoiler. Anyone who's listening already know. I'm going to go Andrew Thomas in the mock. What will be fun is what you see, I, what I do around two through seven. But I, it's so stressful. And you want to know why it's stressful. And it's, this thought has been going through my head the last... 24 hours, Justin. You want to know why? Why? It's because I have this fear. Because Isaiah Simmons is so good. I have this fear. It's like, what if we pass on Lawrence Taylor? What if we pass on Banks? You know what I'm saying? That's the stress what comes with pick four. It's not like, hey, you got to get a good player. It's like, you got good players to pick from. But are you going to pick the one who ends up being the best player in this draft? Or do you get a guy who's just like a good, solid left tackle? Now, why it's not why I'm I'm willing to go t- uh, tackle is because I believe Wills and Thomas are not reaches at four. I believe they're very worthy of the fourth pick, but it's a draft with a lot of talent in the top five area. But man, I'm telling you, I have this fear that we're passing up on an all-time great defender in Isaiah Simmons. I'm not saying like as a guarantee he's going to do that, but it's just it is a fear in the back of my head. It's like, what if we end up missing out on one of the best defenders this league sees in the next twenty years? Woof. <laughs> when, scary man when when you put it like that it 100% is scary i've i've been so married to and you're you're not as much and that's fine and that's what makes us different i've just been so married to positional value i've been so married to the fact that you know we need to make Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, we need to make their rookie deals worth it. We need to make the cheap rookie deals worth it. And as soon as and as soon as we can make this offensive unit kind of a good to great group, the better that will serve the overall football team, even though the defensive unit does not have a ton of those kind of playmakers and those big time playmakers. And that's what we are th- that's what we need. That's what we're thirsting for. Bobby, when you put it that way, it's 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 tough. But you want to know what? I actually do have trust. I have trust. If we're talking about 
the gold jacket scenario, right? That's been Dave Gettleman's whole cliche uh, phrase ever since he's came in and ever since he's drafted Saquon Barkley. The evaluation is when you're up here, when you're drafting in the top five, top 10, top six, top four, you want the gold jacket player. And I, frankly, not a lot of things that I do trust Dave Gettleman with. I trust that Dave Gettleman is going to draft the best quality player, gold jacket player for the New York football giants. And a lot of people but think because the, because there <laughs> isn't this consensus on the four that there's a, a thought that like, hey, well, if people can't agree on them, then none of them are that good, which I don't agree with. I think it's just a lot of a lot of rabble rousing, honestly, which is my new favorite uh, uh, term. Because I, I I went through this, Justin. I was like, okay, let's say last year, let's say we, we don't have to worry about QB, so we're not have the pressure of, of getting a QB last year, and we're at four, we're picking fourth, and. Kyler goes first, Bosa goes second, and Quentin Williams goes third. I think I'm picking Andrew Thomas still. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who who went fourth? Uh, Cleveland Farrell, uh, Devin White, and uh, you know Josh Allen. Like I'm picking Andrew Thomas off Josh Allen. It's it's still a hard decision, but it's not like this. But there wasn't an Isaiah Simmons in last year's draft. That's the either. thing, man. That is the thing, which is kind of blows me away. That I think there's a good chance the Lions, if they don't trade back, end up taking him. Because I just, yeah, I think they think the same thing as us. Even though people are saying are slating corner to them, like they have to be having the same conversation in that in that in those war rooms, virtual war rooms. That hey, this guy is can be the best defender in the league for the next twenty years if things go right. So I don't know. It's I'm stressing out about it, even though I have no like bearing on what happens. I I I'm stressing. I'm not as stressed as you because. I'm married to this notion of value. I'm married to this notion of we got to do what's right for Jones. We got to do what's right for Barkley. A good offense in this scenario can help your defense. When you control time of possession, when we cut down on these turnovers, if we can have more sustainable drives, and Nate Solder was a cause of a lot of those negative things last year with in terms of turnovers, costing us drives, costing us points. If we can start to cut down on those things, it makes this team better. And it's not something that you can like see with your eyes where, okay, Andrew Thomas or Jedrick Wills isn't going to score 10 touchdowns. And Isaiah, you know, they're not going to have maybe 100 tackles like Isaiah Simmons may have, but the production of the overall team is going to be that much better because not only can a left tackle, not only can it help your offense, like I said, it can also help the defensive side of the ball. So that is my case for it. And that is my plea. But... Like you said, Bobby, hindsight's twenty twenty. We may be looking back on this draft one day if Simmons does turn into that gold jacket quality player, and it'll be tough. It'll be a tough pill to swallow. It'll be a very big pill to swallow. Yeah. All right, so let's let's go into some of the odds and what we think is going to happen at four. Justin, I'll, I'll read off the odds, and these obviously are subject to change. I think last year, like Daniel Jones became the favorite on draft day. So these these are subject to change. Dredrick Wills is minus 160. Tristan Wirfs is plus 275, as well as Isaiah Simmons. Andrew Thomas is plus 900. Derek Brown and Mekhi Becton are plus 1800. And Jeff Okuda is plus 3300. Justin, I kinda, I'll kind of i give my thoughts on where my emotions will be with each player. Thomas, Wills, and Simmons, I will be jumping through the roof excited for those guys. Even though, like we just said, there'll be that thought in the back of my head. Like, did we just miss out on, on a guy that we shouldn't have missed out on? Okuda, even though it's unlikely, I would be excited about that one. I just haven't really played that scenario in my head. Becton, I would be pretty happy with because that means, okay, like I see the potential in this guy, and apparently they do too to pick him at the fourth pick. Derek Brown, that would get a very negative reaction out of me, but it would get a reaction. The one guy on here, and he has the second best odds, Tristan Wirfs. I think he would be the most bleh reaction for me, Justin. Because it is the right position, that it's an important position, but it's just I personally have him as the fourth tackle. Now, listen, I don't have my opinions as gold, although Andrew Thomas is the best tackle, so listen to me. So I'm, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm smarter than everybody kind of thing. Like I think a lot of times people in this like podcast, radio stuff, they fall victim to like their own ego and being like, I don't like Tristan Wirfs is the fourth best, according to me, so he's the fourth best. So if they pick him, there's something they see in him. But I do have my opinions, and I would have a bled reaction. Now, when I go and break down all of Tristan Wirfs' tape and be like, hey, this guy's a really good player because he is a really good player, yes. And I would I right. be 
excited they put plug him have that offensive tackle spot filled. Yeah, but I just think with Worfs would get the most kind of blah reaction out of me. I feel like Worfs and Becton would get the most blah out of me. Becton would make me happy. I wouldn't. I'd be. I'd be pretty happy about Becton. A lot of people have him number one. I know, which that kind of it kind of makes me wonder how I'm looking at things. Because I mean, let's let's face it. Everybody has their opinion on what the Giants should do, even if not necessarily you're a content creator. Everybody has their strong opinion on what the Giants should do, and. If you do the work and if you put in your own evaluation, like, you know, what what are what could they be seeing and what could other people be seeing that I'm not seeing? And that would be a question that I would be asking in terms of Werfs and Becton. Now I have actually Werfs as the third best tackle, and Becton and like Becton would be my fourth. Um listen, I just said we can't have the strongest opinion. I know. I, I know. Becton has a lot of potential, and it's not just all potential. People like people get war- scared that word potential. It's not like he's just, just like complete loser. And he needs he needs to get a ton better. He's got the athletic ability. Like he's done well. He's not like he like he comes in and starts day one. It's not like he needs to sit like Eric Flowers did. And Eric Flowers never ended up being good. So right, I, I would be happy with Beckton. Like I said, I won't be as happy with um as as with Wills or Thomas or Simmons, obviously. But I would be happy with Beckton. But also remember, Bobby. You know, I, I don't. I'm saying this now for the third time. Gold jacket player. The tier that we'll even lump Simmons into this. The tier that Simmons, Wills, and Thomas are at right now as football players, it is on another tier compared to Wirfs and Becton. And if we're at four, we're not picking tenth. We're not picking tenth and then speculating, oh, maybe a tackle will drop and we'll be very happy with Becton or Wirfs. We're picking at four. And the standard is the gold jacket player. Now, I don't necessarily think, do you pick at four for upside? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm taking the surefire thing. But with Becton, it's not like this upside is like crazy. Like, oh, if he does, like, if he gets better, it's like Becton's really good. And it's just that he has the most upside because of his size and athleticism. Right. So I think that, right. I, like, I think the potential word is a tricky one where it's like, when people talk about, or at least when I talk about potential with Becton, it's not like, hey, this guy needs to get a ton better. He's nowhere near ready. It's like, He's ready to play, and he has the potential to be great. Now, something, and this is a little off topic, but we I, I have to tell myself is we have no idea how these guys are as people. Now, you may listen to a 20-minute interview with this guy, but you do not get to figure out how that guy is as a person. So that can also be a, a determining factor because this game is a lot about how much work are you going to put into it, Justin? You know, as much as I like Andrew Thomas, maybe Andrew Thomas is a jerk, and he doesn't work hard, and he's a horrible teammate. So that's why I don't I don't go like all out like how dare you not pick Andrew Thomas if they go like another office tackle. That's very fair. That is certainly very fair. All right, now we need to also address this. There there was a break breaking news at the time that we're recording this from Ian Rappaport. Now this has before to be a you go to worried. this, Justin. Before we go sure. into this breaking news, here's some breaking news. The misinformation panic account is starting trouble. He had the tweet that made me laugh the most. He tagged me in it, and he brought up the joke I made a couple weeks ago that the Giants shouldn't trade their early second rounder for a late first rounder because a late first rounder is basically an early second rounder, <laughs> and an early second rounder is basically a late first rounder. So basically, early second rounder is greater than late first rounder, right? And people were replying, but like the fifth-year option and stuff like that. It's so funny. He's actually starting <laughs> trouble as an account. So good job, Misinformation Panic. Yeah, good job. Uh, as long as I'm not getting the notifications for getting in trouble, uh, you you deal with it and be as sarcastic as you freaking want to people. I absolutely love it. But yeah, that was like what what was great about that tweet is that it, it was like tough to follow. I got the whole point. Basically, it's saying that an early second rounder is better than a late first rounder because a late first rounder is basically it's basically a second rounder. I it's wanted to tweet out that pick. joke uh, of like a week or two ago, Justin, but I was like, you know what? No one's going to understand this because it's just going to confuse you halfway through the tweet. I was like, should I do a video? But it's like, it's not that funny where I do a video. Um, anyways, let's let's talk about this Rappaport stuff. No, but good job. Good. That was that was a good job by Misinformation Panic. But so there's a report by Ian Rappaport, which though that's my favorite sentence, a report by Ian Rappaport. The Dolphins have called the teams in front of them for a possible trade up from number five and are gauging at the price to come up to number three to potentially take an offensive tackle. 
Uh, we could see a run of tackles in the top 10 like never before, which we already knew. But if this is true, and if the Dolphins are really trying to push to move up to take a tackle, because then maybe they think a quarterback will be available for them at like eight, where well, they're picking eight, no, not 18. They're picking a little bit later in the draft. Wild stuff. Bobby, do you believe it? No, I don't. It's, I, 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 I mean, who, who, who started the Justin Herbert to the Giants rumors? Rappaport. Oh. So I don't believe, it's hard for me to believe any draft rumors, honestly. It really does. I mean, and Schefter and Rappaport are very trustworthy, but these rumors, it's hard to trust anybody because people say stuff. And this like the one time a year where people just will flat out lie for the sake of like confusing people. So I don't believe it. Why would Miami trade up the draft office tackle? I get having your guy and your favorite guy. But if they're going to trade up, it's got to be for a QB. That's almost a way of them saying, like, hey, like we want to trade up, but we're not that desperate. Or or stopping another team from trading up. Because, like, oh, don't worry about Miami. They're just drafting it off of the tackle. I don't believe it until I see it. It, 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 it probably end up happening now. It worries me because, you know, you're, you're just talking about doomsday scenarios, right? You were talking about Derek Brown. You even mentioned the the notion of Justin Herbert and how, you know, you you wake up with nightmares with that rumor. But this is my kind of like nightmare scenario where if the Dolphins do go up and they take the Giants number one guy, right? They go up and they take the Giants number one guy. And therefore, the Giants pass up on Dolphins move up and take Wills and they pass up on Andrew Thomas. And then we wound up in a situation where we're taking like Kinlaw or Derek Brown. <laughs> but <laughs> if I'm they crying. trade up, we can get Simmons. If they're trading to get an offensive tackle, then we have a choice between Simmons or whatever tackle they don't pick. They may have BPA as Kinlaw and Derek Brown over Isaiah Simmons. Stop Who knows? That. Stop saying that. <laughs> Stop saying that. Um, obviously, and I guess we'll disclaim, disclaim this. We would like to trade back just because we would, you know, get get one of these guys. I don't know. I would like to trade back. Plus, there's it a lot of holes the in this team sense. to fill. Yeah. There's a lot of holes on this team to fill, so I would like to trade back. Yeah, because especially considering Bobby and I ran through our mock draft and we ran through our mock draft, you know, the entire second half of the show and trading back, particularly if we can find a way to get an extra pick between the 36th pick and the 99th pick, just one. I'm not asking for a first rounder this year, a first rounder that, blah, blah, blah. Even if we can just get one extra pick that changes the entire complexion of the draft because of how deep certain positions are, like wide receiver, this draft is so deep with wide receivers towards the latter end of the draft, where if you can get an, somehow get an extra pick towards the top half of the draft, you can address one of those needs that, you know, we don't need to worry about possibly getting like a safety later in the draft an edge guy later in the draft and trying to find a steal. So it changes the entire complexion of the draft and it would change the entire complexion of like a mock draft exercise, but we did not allow trades in our mock drafts. So spoiler alert, no trades in the mock draft. So I guess that's a good transition. We might as well move over to those mock drafts. I mean, I don't have any last thoughts. I did shave for the draft. So that was nice. You got the goatee was probably like a couple months strong. Um, I haven't got a haircut though. I'm, I'm starting to get the Afro mode. Um, I'm gonna be called. They call me Afro, Afro man, Afro Skinner, <laughs> Afro Skinner. Um, that should be a, a burner account, Afro Skinner. <laughs> and I'll send if if you want to start that burner account, send me a DM and I'll find you like a good Afro picture. We're getting into dangerous territory if we start making all these uh, these uh, parody accounts. We're not <laughs> making them, but I'm saying like and like telling people to make parody accounts because what will happen right. is we'll start confusing people like beat reporters. And there will be like, I don't want to put too many bad like ideas, but it'll be like asshole panic or asshole Skinner, like just, and just like tweet all these crazy. And it'll be, I mean, look at this trouble that misinformation panic is doing right now. So we have computer folk panic and misinformation panic. Well, we have Bobby Skinner's burner too. Okay, so don't uh, don't try and yes. dismiss me who just agrees with me all the time, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I love when people agree with me. All right, let's kick it to the mock drafts. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, let's do these mock drafts, Justin. I'm I'm freaking excited, to be really honest with you. I am so excited. So we got 10 picks to go through rounds one through seven. We got four seventh rounders, so that's when it gets a little fun. I think we'll go a little quick hitter. Justin, though, who is going at fourth overall in your mock draft? 
probably not a big surprise if you listened to last episode where we were talking about the tackles. I have at number four, Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle from Alabama. Right away, 2019, right tackle. That's a pretty solid right side of the offensive line for the New York football giants if we take Jedrick Wills at four. And I'm going with Andrew Thomas. I'll, I'll say that right now. But Wills is just, he's so close behind uh, Thomas with me there's it's very like it's a very small margin for me and at the end of the day we're like we don't watch every single game we watch three four games so we don't want to pretend we know everything but yeah wills is a beast wills is one wills is one of three guys where i'll be super excited for him thomas or isaiah simmons but i'm going with andrew thomas justin and i've i've been on this train for a while he's got unbelievable recoverability better than anybody in the draft he won't get beat by the speed rush, which means he he stays very proportionate with this guy. And we're not going to go too deep into these guys because we already have. He mauls guys in the run game with with you know great agility to get the linebacker. So he, he does need to improve some footwork. He dominated the best competition and chase on Aquora. One sack sack allowed with a statue and Jake Fromm as his QB. He's my offensive tackle number one. Like we talked about in the show earlier, I really was close to pulling the trigger on Simmons. I really was. But at number one, at the first round pick, fourth overall, I, I got to go with Andrew Thomas. And what's attractive about Andrew Thomas, and you don't definitively know this about Jedrick Wills, you know, Jedrick Wills in 2020, if he's a New York football giant, he's sliding in at right tackle with hopefully the potential that he eventually moves to left tackle. But Andrew Thomas in 2020, he is your left tackle, and Nate Solder's moving to the right side. And if you've been listening to this podcast ever since the beginning of the offseason, where we did review the tackle position, we talked about just how detrimental Nate Solder was to that 2019 season. And he could kind of work at that right side because you can mask some of his some of his weaknesses, but also just locking down that left side the second most important position in the game of football at left tackle, locking down that blind side for Daniel Jones. That is such, such an important thing to do. And it could make either if you take Jedrick Wills, the tackle, or you take Andrew Thomas, those two picks, that has the potential to push this Giants offense to be a great unit, not just a good unit. It can push them to be a great unit. And frankly, Fixing up this offensive line and shoring up this offensive line, it helps this defense. You can sustain drives. You can hold the ball longer. You can score more points. It puts more pressure on the opponent's offense, and that's what we need right now, Bobby. So I'm all for either Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills. I will be celebrating those two picks. And Andrew Thomas, like you said, has right tackle uh, ability. You know, he started 15 games there as a freshman. I'm an Andrew Thomas guy. All aboard. Should I do a Gruden one for each one of these guys? If you if you feel like you can do it, then do it. Defenders better get off the track when Thomas the Train is coming through. All right, Justin, at pick 36 of the second round, who are you going? I think we may have the same pick here. Is this correct, Bobby Skinner? We'll see. Say, say the name. All right, so my pick is Antoine Winfield Jr. Come on! You stole my guy. I, I did, that? I did, I did, and he, here's why, here's why. Just based off of who was on the board now, it's a simula- It's a simulation, right? So if you're rolling your eyes right now, and if you're listening to this and you're saying, well, Antoine Winfield Jr. isn't going to be on the board of 36, I'm going to, bleh, I'm, I think he I'm might dry be, heaving. Justin. I mean, he, how, he how could. Say, I very well may think he goes on. We see all these offensive tackles that we're going to go off the board, wide receivers. He could still be the first safety off the board and still be there at 36. I don't think it's... For people to say it's crazy for the last 36, I don't see that. And also just evaluating, I did a total of four mock drafts, and just evaluating where kind of I was at in each, because there's no pick between 36 and 99, you would really have to reach for a center. And that center, in my opinion, would be Matt Hennessy. Because Matt Hennessy, you would think, maybe goes 40, 50, 60. 60, I think that would be pretty late for Matt Hennessy to go. So you would either have to really reach for a center, and in my opinion, you know, we're we're both on the Nick Gates for center train. If you can get an offensive tackle and Nick Gates can smoothly move to center, 
shoring up that safety spot and getting a playmaker. Anthony Tomeno was just on YouTube with you and you were talking about playmakers, playmakers that this defense, that's exactly what we are lacking right now. Antoine Winfield is kind of step one for getting low key, solid playmakers on this defense. And also that means love moves to slot corner. So you kind of fill two needs with one player. Yeah, two birds with one stone. You know, I mean, you don't know if Love is going to be good at nickel, but you do. I I think we have that hope in him more than anyone else who's out on the roster at nickel. You know, and it's like, are we going to have to draft a nickel? Um, which is low key, like maybe the biggest hole in the team right now because it's like, who's going to play there unless you put right. Neil in there? But I don't, I don't know. So yeah, I went Winfield. Man, you get this guy in space, he's going to win the field, man. Uh, yeah. He's, he's a playmaker. He's a baller. He got seven interceptions in 2019. He's small, but he makes plays. And I'm telling you, if he goes to the second round, I think this is – or if he goes after other safeties, I think this is going to be the ultimate, like, people overthought stuff. They nitpick. When it's like, this guy makes the most plays. So I love him. Like you said, two birds with one stone. We're killing birds out here on this podcast. He's maybe my favorite player in the draft. He's got instincts. He can do everything. You can play him at free. You can play him at strong if you need to. You can play him down. You can play him at center field. I'm an Antoine Winfield Jr. guy, Justin. All right. My third round, 99th pick in the draft. The Giants are selecting linebacker Logan Wilson from Wyoming. Bobby, Anthony Tomato kind of brought me on to this guy. He is a cannon plays the game of football like a madman. We're talking about passing on Isaiah Simmons. Taking a guy like Logan Wilson is absolutely a good consolation prize. And guess what? Uh, Your kind of dream of possibly pushing David Mayo to fourth on the depth chart, it may not come true right away, but I think during the season and as Logan Wilson can develop, he could be the kind of talent that is backing up Martinez and Conley. Uh, He could be a very good complimentary player and he can develop as well. I like Logan Wilson. I'm not as high on him as other people. I do like Logan Wilson. Some people think like he's going to be like the steal of draft. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe he can be. I'm not as huge on him as other people, but he is a good player and I do like him. So uh, I, I like the pick. He was on there. I think he was on the board for me at, at 99. But I went with a guy, Justin, that I, I love. And third round, I think you still do pick a little bit for need. But this is when I start getting into just flat out best player available. From fourth round on, I am best player available. And if there's a tie, then you go by position. Now, for the third year in the row, in the third round, Justin, I'm going edge. I know this is aggravating. It's like, can we just get a really good edge player? I'm going Florida edge player Jabari Zuniga, number 92. I think he could end up being a steal this draft. I fell in love with him. He's got an amazing motor, great get off. He, you can move him around so you don't have to just play him on the edge. Like he could play a little, like he could play inside of a tight end in, in the run game. He's just active. He has good hands. He plays unbelievably low. I like Jabari Zuniga. Alton Robinson was another guy. I liked at this spot, but I went with Zuniga. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm a big Jabari guy, Justin. So I'm, I'm going Jabari Zuniga at 99. Any thoughts? Certainly need that edge rusher. And I like kind of taking an edge rusher third round. Uh, I kind of have... Well, Dave Gettleman loves you because we go third round edge rusher every single year. Well, I mean, we we need it. And I, frankly, there are certain edge rushers that I was targeting later in the draft that I liked that I think that they just maybe have a little bit more potential. And I just like the value at that certain spot. Uh, However, in my current mock draft that I have right now, I was only to grab only one edge rusher, and that edge rusher is at pick 110, Alex Highsmith, edge rusher from Charlotte. We covered, he was another like, one I, I was very close to taking. I like him a lot, we, too. We covered like so many players from Charlotte, and if I'm not mistaken, there's like four or five players that are like entering into the draft and that probably will get drafted from the Charlotte 49ers. There's even an, there's even a good interior defensive lineman from Charlotte. So uh, shout out to a uh, shout out to them. But um, yeah, Alex Highsmith, uh, he, he's a guy that's fast. Uh, he's a guy that dominated a lackluster competition. Doesn't really have the play strength. You want that to develop a little bit. He entered at like, I think under like 250 pounds at the combine. So you want him to add some muscle mass as well. But Alex Highsmith is a guy that has a lot of talent, especially for if you're going to be talking about drafting him in the fourth round. I know he was a guy that you previewed, Bobby. So if you want to give some more thoughts um, 
I think that's a very good value pick for that pick at 110. Yeah, I don't know why I only mentioned Alton Robinson. Highsmith was another one. With It was the decision between Zuniga, Highsmith, um, and, and Alton Robinson. Three guys I like. I th- I thought if I went, it's like, okay, and I'll, my 110 pick, uh, Ty- Tyler, Tyler beat as Tyler beat that ass from out of Wisconsin. So I was going mm. like, okay, am I going to go one of these edge guys or am I going to go center? And what the deciding factor was is like, if Jubari Zuniga like isn't there at 110, I'll be, I'll be aggravated more than any of these other three guys. So I just went with Jabari. I'm going at the 110th pick, Tyler beat ass, the center. Now I'm the leader of the Nick Gates for center movement, Justin. But I like I think he could be the best one in this in this draft. He, him coming back for uh, the 2019 season hurt him because he literally had injuries. But he's got 41 career starts. Um, he moves guys. He can pull. He's got good vision. Getting to the second level, he's pretty good in pass pro. Um, this is another like, hey, do I am am I going to get like the like am I tempted by Cesar Ruiz in the second round? Not necessarily. But this guy in the fourth round, uh, I got to go with it. Something that you like about Biadaz more than at least my top center uh, that I would love to be a giant is Hennessy, but that just may not be realistic at the second round because if you're going to go offensive tackle in the first round, you may want to get defense in the second and third round. But what I really like about Biadaz is that the play strength, you know, what the Giants haven't had is an anchor at the middle of this line. Somebody that's able to hold and contain and prevent this pocket from collapsing in front of quarterbacks. You know, we want a clean pathway for Daniel Jones to step up into the pocket. And you can hope that Biadaz, he can offer that kind of year one because he has that play strength. He ran at the pro scheme uh, at Wisconsin, uh, unlike Matt Hennessy, who didn't run in a very pro scheme. He kind of ran in that that, that kind of outside zone scheme at, at Temple. So, Biadaz, even though he's going to be taken in the fourth round, uh, that's kind of a good, good value pick right there. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Biadaz. So, Justin, who do you have with what pick are we at now? One fifty. One fifty. Now, I don't. I am ninety nine percent certain that this guy will not last till one fifty. But he was there, and there were even other mock drafts that I did where I took him at one ten because I like him this much. Tyler Johnson, wide receiver from Minnesota. Love Tyler Johnson. We talked about him on the podcast uh, when we were going through our wide receivers. He's a, he's a, I mean, there's very few guys in this draft where I'll just, you know, go with the whole cliche of he's a baller um, and he's, a, you know, he's just a good football player. He's a very good route runner. Um, there's a few guys that I'll go with those cliches, but Tyler Johnson is one of them. Uh, this wide receiver class is stacked and it's not even just stacked obviously within like the first two rounds but even like the fourth round on it's just so so stacked with so many good quality players and Tyler Johnson is going to be one of those players that will be taken probably middle to lower end of this draft that I'm willing to put a lot of money on that he's going to be a decent pro player so I hope he's a giant 6'2 has got a little bit of size too dude is a baller yeah Justin in fact, now I'm remembering another decision I had with the Zuniga pick uh, in the third round was Brian Edwards, the wide receiver out of South Carolina, who I really like. Tyler Johnson, the more I've kind of watched him, the more I'm not as like sold on him. I just think, like, does Daniel Jones need a jump ball guy or does he need someone who's going to go out on the edge and run great comeback routes? And I'm not saying he can't do that, but I just worry that like he is too reliant on like just jump balls and contested catches. And it's like, I don't really want my... QB throwing contested throws that often, you know? Like, when he does, it's cool. He's got Darius Slayton to do that. Um, even Golden Tate was able to do that. But I don't know how many like, – I, I don't want us to be an offense where it's like, all right, contested throws, contested throws, contested throws. I like his willingness to do it, but I don't want him throwing, you know, 21 interceptions in his second year. But Brian Edwards was another pick for me. So that's why I didn't go Tyler Johnson in one of these last two picks. But now I'm going best player – and I thought I was going to take a wide receiver. I didn't. I didn't take any wide receivers. This guy – I don't know why people aren't higher on him. And I talked about him with Anthony. Anthony's getting too many shout-outs today. Honestly, screw you, Anthony. <laughs> with the 150th overall pick in the fifth round, six foot five, 306-pound tackle, Jack Driscoll. So I'm getting my second tackle. It's just because I feel like this guy is, is a good player. I don't understand why he's being slept on. He reminds me kind of a Nick Gates, where he can play every position. He can play guard, tackle. He does everything right. Now, he does, does he blow people up? No. 
Like, is he got, is he, is he extremely fast? Like has great athleticism? No, although it's not bad, but he does everything right. He has good technique. He doesn't overset. He doesn't have to lean in his run blocking a lot. Jack Driscoll, man, I think he's a sleeper tackle. Now, with that, like in earlier in my mock, I took Andrew Thomas. So now you got Solder and Thomas as your starting tackle. You got Cam Fleming, who's a backup now. You got Gates, who could be that swing if you're not playing him at center. This allows Jack Driscoll to come in, get a little stronger, learn the NFL. So this isn't like a oh Driscoll, like he's gonna come in and play year one, year two. This is like, hey, let's let's get this guy that I like and let him learn a little bit. Yeah, I like his footwork. I, I like that pick. If you're on this train of there's tackles available after the first round, if you're on this train, Driscoll's one of these is is a guy that you absolutely have to have circled to take, basically. With my 183rd pick in this mock draft, I have the New York Football Giants taking Keith Ishmael center from San Diego State. Now San this Diego. kind of this kind of goes against my take of the Giants kind of need a guy with a lot of play strength at center. But who's to say that Ishmael can't develop, you know, a, a little bit more play strength as time goes on? Who's to say that he can't develop a little bit more muscle mass? He's not the biggest guy in the world. Now, Ishmael would not be a guy, in my opinion, who would come in and start right away. So, you uh, you know, the Nick Gates going to center train for 2020 would still be in effect, I have Jedrick Wills at right tackle, Nate Solder at left tackle. But then once we make the transition away from Nate Solder, you kind of slide Nick Gates back to right tackle. Jedrick Wills possibly goes to left tackle. And Keith Ishmael is your starting center post-2020 and going into 2021. I really like Ishmael. The difference between him, I've mentioned Hennessy so many times, so I like him that much. But the difference between him and Hennessy really isn't that like major, even though Hennessy is probably going to go in the second round. And I have Ishmael here. You know, he's probably going to maybe go fifth, sixth round. That's my that's my guess, and that's my projection at least. I like Ishmael. He's a good tech. He's he has great he's great feet. He ran in a kind of like a pro system at San Diego State. It wasn't an outside zone scheme. So I think this is a great, great value pick and somebody that could be a quality pro starter in the future, not right away. Yeah, I didn't look much at Ishmael, so I'm just going to say, I don't, I don't like the pick, Justin. I don't like the pick, honestly. <laughs> I, I think you're reaching here. No, I'm just kidding. I, I didn't watch much of Ishmael. Uh, with my sixth-round pick, the last pick before we have a run of four seventh-round picks, 183rd overall, I'm going Miami. Y'all know I can't go through a mock draft without picking a Miami guy. I'm telling you, if you're going to be – if you're one of our diehards who will be listening to Talking Giants for the next 10 years – I vow that I will never go through a full mock draft without drafting a Miami player. And I'm going Miami cornerback, Trajan Bandy, man. I forgot to do uh, all the Grudenism. Whatever, screw it. Uh, he's five foot eight, 180 pounds. You could put him in the nickel, although he had more experience outside. But with that size, you probably see him in the nickel. Plays with a ton of intensity, and he's willing to get dirty. Like, he lays hits on dudes. He smacks dudes around. So you'd like to see that of your nickel. I know we said that about Grant Haley. But I think Bandy has more potential than Haley. He has good mirroring skills. He knows how to bait quarterbacks. He collapses. He collapses. Collapses well on off coverage. You can blitz him a little bit. I like Bandy. I think he's a good fit for this team. I like his athleticism. I like his playmaking. Uh, I'm going with the Bandy man, man. Now I do grab a corner kind of later in this draft, but a guy that. I really wanted to have and that I previewed when we did preview corners was Isang Bassi. So I'm glad in your mock draft that you actually grab a corner. You know, it's you can never have enough cornerbacks, and especially if we're talking about a guy that could possibly play slot and play nickel, you can never have enough of those guys. So I, I really do like that pick. Justin, the my third round pick is going to be the theme of this draft. I keep going back to it, but every time we touch a position, I remember. Another guy I was wanting to pick at the 99th pick was Amik Robinson out of Louisiana mm. Tech. So... What the list is at Zuniga, Highsmith, Alton Robinson, Amik Robinson, Brian Edwards, and uh, Biadas. So I got six players, man. The third round pick was a tough one for me. If Amik Robertson is on the board at 99, and now these corners, a lot of the, the there's there's word that these corners are going to be flying off the charts. You know, we know Okuda's going to go early, and then Henderson's going to go a lot earlier than everybody expects because either my um, Atlanta's going to take him or so, somebody's going to take Henderson a lot earlier. The than Jags are they're, they're Florida Gator draft, uh, like the capital of Florida Gator drafts. So if Robertson is there at 99, do you kind of ignore 
some other now quarterback is a need cornerback is kind of always a need because like i said you can never have enough good cornerbacks but it's not the biggest need so do you kind of take him and run at 99 well no i didn't oh so he was there at 99 you didn't take him okay i yeah, thought you I were implying so. that he was already gone no he was not there. i think I'm, about it i'm a zuniga guy i just went best player available i went who's the i said who out of these seven do i like the most i'm not gonna go like oh maybe this guy falls and then oh by the way when I did pick Zuniga at 99, Amik Robertson, Brian Edwards, um, and Highsmith all went off the board in the next nine picks. So it was a good thing I went after my best available. There you go. All right. 218th pick in the draft in my mind. Seventh draft round. Is seventh round. <laughs> seventh, Entering seventh round, round seven. We, have... we got four picks. The... This was the most stressful part of the draft, of the mock draft for me. <laughs> we had seven, we had like four seventh round picks and they were all very close to each other. So I got very anxious because I, I didn't fully know what was going on. But these, my first two seventh round picks, I'm very confident in. Jawan Jennings, wide receiver from Tennessee, physical beast. He's slow. He's slow out in space. I previewed him back, you know, when we previewed wide receivers and I just I love the way that he plays football, man. This is another this is another guy that you know Daniel Jones. Does he need a big physical wide big physical wide receiver? I don't know. But you want to know what? I enjoyed playing him, and we're at the point of the draft where we have to take best player available anyway. And Juwan Jennings in this mock draft was the best player available at the time, in my opinion. Yeah, is he Anquan Bolden? I don't know. People are saying that just because he's not the fastest, even though Bolden had speed in his day. Yeah, all right. My like f- Bolden was fast. Yeah, I'm kind of remembering like late year Bolden, um, like yeah. 49er Bolden. He was slow. All right, I'm going with my first seventh round pick at four. Justin, we previewed this guy on the first episode we did of our draft previews all that time ago. Doesn't it feel like forever ago when we were watching tight end film? I'm it going does. with tight end, fullback hybrid out of Virginia Tech, Dalton Keene. My guy, my guy. Like I said, he's a tight end fullback hybrid, H- a.k.a. the H-back. He's a really good lead blocker, and he'll bury dudes if he has space. Now, if you're asking him to line up a tight end and block the strongest guy on the edge, then there's going to be some issues. He had some really nice catches. like He had some awesome catches, but most of his catches were uh, scheme-related. Like He was just wide open, so it wasn't like, oh, this guy, he runs crisp routes. His route range is not great. But he can actually make tough catches. He's a kind of a do-it-all kind of guy. and It's the ability to play fullback that is what makes me uh, pull the trigger on this pick, Justin. Fullback is underrated. You've been on the being eh on Elijah Penny, and Dalton Keene can certainly uh, fill a nice role on Jason Garrett's offense and be a little bit versatile. So I like the pick. Why not? Bring him in. All right. Where are we going at 238 in the seventh round, Justin? 238 in the seventh round, I have... You're going to love this if you know my opinions on running backs. J.J. Taylor, running back out of Arizona. Bring me bring me the seventh round running back. I want all the smoke because not only is this guy just, you know, a running back in the seventh round, he but sucks. he's 5'5", 185 pounds, but the dude runs like he's six foot, 250 pound A.J. Dillon. I want all the smoke. I want him to be a giant. This is actually the guy. uh, Not only am I just rooting for J.J. Taylor to be a giant, but I'm rooting for J.J. Taylor to just have a productive NFL career because he runs like he's a tank, but he can also catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not the most agile, but he'll get the job done. Coaches have raved about him, and I find and I found that in my scouting report, which I previewed him. You know, whenever we did that, it feels like like Bobby said four months ago. But rooting for J.J. Taylor, give me him in the seventh round. He's going to have a productive NFL career. J.J. Taylor sucks, dude. He really sucks. I can't stand him. <laughs> I hope the worst for him. I hope the worst for J.J. Taylor. I can't even remember what our argument was about. But I just, that word, those that name J.J. Taylor just triggers me. Now, with the 238th pick, I am also going a running back. You know where he's from, Justin? The U. I'm going Miami running back. D.J. Spelled D-E-E-J-A-Y, not just D.J. D.J. Dallas. I'm a big DJ Dallas fan. Justin, he played quarterback in high school, and they went to Miami as a wide receiver. Now, early on, they transitioned to the running back. But so he still has room to grow as a runner. But as a runner, he's got good speed. He breaks tackles like crazy. You cannot ankle tack ankle tackle uh, DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas. 
you can use as a returner, and he's a good receiver because he has those receiver skills. I'm a DJ Dallas fan in the seventh round. I'm uh, I'm standing on the table. Get me, get me DJ Dallas. I'm a, I'm a big fan. And they lose him in Wildcat a little bit too. That was fun. We both have J-related running backs that are 238 pick, and that just lets everybody know just how in sync Bobby and I are. J.J. Yeah. Taylor sucks, though. My, my wow. guy's good. All right, 247. 247th pick in this mock draft. I have Graylin Arnold, cornerback from Baylor. Now, this was kind of random because I was kind Matt of just Rugai. looking at this point. I was looking, yeah, Matt Rule guy. I was kind of just looking for a nickel cornerback at this point since my guy Isang Bassi was already off the board. But this guy seems like he has pretty good instincts. He had six interceptions in 2019. Uh, he kind of, uh, he's not afraid to attack some passing lanes. So, you know what, if we can grab uh, oh, another observation, but another observation. There's a ton of wide receivers late in this draft. But there's also just a ton of cornerbacks that had, you know, I we were, I was using the draft network, and their big board just had a ton of wide receivers and a ton of cornerbacks, cornerbacks available later in the draft. So uh, Graylin Arnold was one of those players that was available, and I kind of like him. He's he would he would be a nickel and a slot corner. Yeah, um, another guy, Justin. I don't even know who he is, so um, I'm going to say he sucks. He's, he's this is a bad pick. You really reached here. <laughs> At 247, I'm going, I'm double dipping, baby. I got that French fry. I dipped in that ketchup and I said, I don't care who's looking. I don't care what kind of jokes you guys are making. I'm double dipping. Dip. I'm going Cincinnati running back. Javon Leak. I double dipping Leak on you, folks. Now, Leak, he only, he had like a hundred, uh, he had like 142 or 145 carries in his entire college career, but he averaged eight yards per carry. In 2019, Whoa. when he actually got 100, over 100 carries, he had 736 yards, 7.2 yards per carry, eight touchdowns. He's great at finding holes and springing it for a big play. He's not going to overpower anyone. He could be tackled a little easily. But, like I said, I'm going I'm going best player available. There wasn't any offensive linemen I liked. There wasn't any edge guys I liked. So I went Javon Leak. So you got G- DJ Dallas, you got Javon Leak, and you got Wayne Gallman. You say, let the best man win for the third string running back. And you can throw one of these guys on the practice squad that doesn't win, whether it's Leak or, or Dallas. Gallman's not going to the practice squad. I don't think he has that ability anymore. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm double-dipping on the running backs, baby. I think it was him and Michael Warren that were the two-headed monster yeah. at Cincinnati yep. this year. Yep. But I like I – they probably have – I think they have Warren ranked a little higher, but I like Leak. And he's got no tread on the tires, dude. So it's like this guy is yeah. fresh. You know what I'm saying? Like we're talking you about running like backs breaking down. Like this, this dude's fresh. So now part of that is like, hey, how come he wasn't good enough to get more carries? Which I get, but Maryland also passed the ball like crazy. All right, Justin. All right, Mister Irrelevant. Who is your Mister Irrelevant? I did this solely for the memes, and I did this solely for the jokes. I took an interior defensive lineman. Carlos Davis out of Nebraska, and Nebraska is my favorite college. So I just I did it. Carlos You're a Davis. Nebraska we, fan? we needed we need an interior defensive lineman. Yes, I. I <laughs> now, you're Nebraska not old fan. enough, but you remember that smack in Miami put on them in the national championship? Mm, don't want to talk about it. That's what happened. We took a knife and drove it into your Cornhusker heart. All right, go wow. ahead. Go ahead on your guy. No. No, that's it. That's it's that that's I just took him for the memes and the jokes. I have All nothing right. to say. All right. My Mr. Irrelevant is FAU cornerback James Pierre. And you're like, you already took a cornerback. You double dipping? No, because I think this guy's gonna play safety. In fact, it's one of those things, Justin, where you look at a guy and then you think something and then you look at a scouting report and it's confirmed. Well, I looked at him and I saw his speed and stuff. I was like, you know what? He's kind of got better safety skill. And then I went on the draft network and they have him listed as a safety. So that was cool. Basically, he doesn't have the speed to line up his corner, and he's an outside guy. He hasn't played nickel. Um, and he doesn't have, like, the greatest technique with trailing guys and mirroring guys. But when he's got his eyes in the backfield and can read the QB, that's when he's at his best and can jump plays. Um, so I got uh, the FAU cornerback, who I think is going to play safety, James Pierre, as my Mr. Irrelevant. The listeners need to rank our mock drafts. Who did, who had a better mock draft? You know that, right? Yeah, sure. 
And yours will probably win because people are higher on Jedrick Wills. At least that's what the pulse of Giants Nation is saying. We both got Antoine Winfield. And who was your third-round pick? Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson. It's going to be tough. But I think my little cult may push me over the battle. Yeah, I think think your little cult might push you too. Um, It's draft day. Enjoy it. Now, this episode gets dated after 24 hours, so that's why I released it early. But I'm freaking pumped, man. I'm pumped to wake up and feel pumped. If you're listening to this, you're pumped. Thank you for supporting us, by the way, throughout all this whole draft thing. Like, really. Like, it's a lot of information, and sometimes it can be a little boring, but we, you know, our download numbers have been good even through um, a crisis. So we appreciate you guys. Got us 200 ratings, at least we hope. We're literally at 199 at the time of recording this. Justin, any final thoughts going into the draft? Yeah, thank you. Thank you all for being you. Uh, it is difficult to be fully present to a podcast that is throwing so much information at you right now. I know it could very much be easier to be listening to a show that's just giving you hot takes and just catching your attention, maybe doing something else or talking about the same things every single week. So we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Keep on keep on growing this Talking Giants community. Support us by watching our live streams through the Talking Giants Twitter account. We'll be live on Instagram a little bit too, but Talking Giants uh, Twitter account through Periscope and also John Boy Media. So follow John Boy Media on Twitter as well at John Boy Media because we will be splitting time where we will be live streaming between the Talking Giants account and John Boy Media throughout the entire weekend. Plus, we'll have some friends of the podcast on as well. So it's going to be a fun weekend. The, the weekend doesn't just end for us after that first round. We will be interacting with everybody throughout the whole weekend, interact with our content, retweet with our content, retweet our content because we're going to be putting in the work and we appreciate everybody that interacts with it. So love you. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow morning. We'll be back Friday morning. We will have an episode out recapping the first round, whatever happens. We love you guys. Thank you for sticking with us. Let's go draft day and let's go big blue. John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcast. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening.